What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're going to break down week 13 of the NFL. It was a crazy-ass weekend, followed by an even crazier-ass Monday night football game between the Jags and the Bengals. But as always, go down, like, and subscribe. Comment your thoughts on week 13. And I'm Paul. Pick on Wyndham Concha, and I'm joined with... You already know, man. It's your boy, Kev. Waterboy Savoy, a.k.a. the Don P.Y.U. And week 13 was very interesting because there's so much. It was a it was a hot and cold, I think, hot and cold type of Sunday. There was so much, there was just so much random shit going on. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It was like a great week, but it wasn't like last week where you were glued into it. I feel like it was like you had to catch some random, randomized moments. You're just like, yo, what the fuck? Like the 49ers beating the shit out, shit out the Eagles. You're just like, yo, what the fuck is going on right now? See, I think that's why, like, there wasn't many good matchups to, like, people look forward to on this weekend slate except for the Eagles. And that was the only game that people were probably looking forward to. And it turned out to be an absolute ass whooping. So, like, at that point, the whole weekend was kind of like, eh. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. But Powell, man. This was was a good week. How'd you feel about it? I felt good. I was actually about to throw it to you, Kev. I want to talk because it's honestly one of my favorite games from the weekend. I know you were glued to it. The Falcons and Jets. It was so ugly, so throwback. But for whatever reason, I made sure I stayed tuned to that game. And y'all Falcons are securing the number one seed for sure. Like no tie or nothing now in the division. With a 13-8 win. Over the Jets, that only makes me happier and happier. Y'all eliminated the Jets from a possible playoff berth, so thank you. No, nah, that's just well. I mean, you're welcome. For <laughs> so, but I think we've just been balling right now. We're um, we've been figuring it out. That game, thirteen eight, was so ugly, but we didn't quit. We stayed the course, and. We were going against a really, 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 really good defense. And that defense showed for most of the game. But there were future eyes. There's like two or three where we were everything just clicked and we made it happen and we and we went crazy on third down. And I think that's how we got that winning against the Jets this week. And I would say, yeah, the Jets are everyone's one of the, everyone's favorite defenses, but just the back to back weeks where the Falcons defense is what I think is the difference maker and then winning the game, like Y'all forced three turnovers, a couple fumbles, and the interception. The Jets, yeah, they stopped y'all on like on downs and stuff, but they didn't get no turnovers. Like they didn't have any big momentum swings like that. Where the Falcons, I felt like every turnover was it led to at least three points. Not for real. And then, yeah, I could definitely agree with that. Oh, I mean, they did get a safety. The Jets did get a safety, or I think it was the first score of the game was a safety. Mm-hmm. But it was just – I just think we also were, like, you know saying, not that our defense was really, really ready for them. Like, the entire game I was just like, Tim Boyle beat us. I'm taking that every time. He got cut, actually, today. Oh, wow. He is out of there for the Jets. Trevor Seaman's going to be the, the remainder starter. Yeah. But nice. – one ugly game to another, Kev. Chargers beat the Patriots in what everyone's saying is the ugliest game of the year. Chargers winning six. Patriots get zero. The Bill Belichick tanking for the number one pick tour continues. 
But the Chargers, the bigger question mark is, this is the Kellen Moore offense. Because aren't, aren't you big into – I don't know if you like Kellen Moore or not, but I just remember we talked about the Chargers and Kellen Moore. Yeah, man, I'm a great – I'm a big fan of Kellen Moore. I love him as the Cowboys offensive coordinator. He was really smooth. And then to see him doing his thing with the Chargers is smooth too. But well, them boys know. only scored six points this week. <laughs> and, and the Patriots only get zero, but they, they definitely got a field goal range a couple times. It's Bill Belichick said, fuck it. We're just going to keep going for it on fourth down. That was like fourth and six, and they were going for it. Damn, that's actually pretty crazy. I mean, that boy was living like that. He said, this is this is vacation time. Like, fuck all this. This season's a wrap. I'm going to get Caleb Williams or Drake May, baby. No, that's real. But, I mean, they bench your man's McCorkle after what? what my man. Like? Hey, my man. What do you throw? What do you throw? Two picks and got a fumble or something like that. Yeah. Well, this game Bailey Zappin up getting to start, but that was the game before. The that performance led to him getting benched for this game. Mm, so he didn't play at all this game. Yeah. Now McCorkle was holding the clipboard. Oh, that's crazy. I think reports are saying people were calling him clipboard boy. But on to. On to the highlights. Well, at least my highlights. Dolphins 45, Commanders 15. I mean, Tyreek Hill, Tua, enough said. Like, that. Tyreek really might go for 2,000 yards. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. You kind of just have to kind of just hope he doesn't do it against your, your favorite defense. The Commanders are playing single man-to-man. Tyreek Hill felt this. He said on the second play, that's why the second play was like a 70-yard touchdown. He was like, I felt disrespected. And he took the to the house. And then Ot-Chain coming back, I think he got a couple a touchdown himself. They're showing his stats. Like, he's only played four games, and in those four games, he has like 700 yards and seven touchdowns. That's different. Wait, who was it? Chain, our running back that just came back from the IR. Mm-hmm. He remember because he had like very first. He ran for like two hundred yards on the Broncos. Ran for like one forty in his very first game, and like every week he's played, he has like double. He has two touchdowns, except for this week at one. Oh, so he's different, and he has, and he's clocked. They clocked him as the highest. You know how they clock how fast spikes join. Yeah, he got clocked. I think he got clocked to the highest twice so far this season. Yeah, he has. He's technically the fastest person in our fucking on the team. Him, Tyreek, and Morstep, they always be arguing about track numbers. That's how you know they fast, but they're not even arguing football. They arguing they track the best times. That's real. And then let's get to the divisional game, Kev, where. Our, uh, your dog of the week and one of my dogs as well fell short in overtime. Titans losing 28-31. They tie it up to make it overtime. They go down. They run down the clock. They kick the field goal. And then Garnet Minshew says, fuck it, hold my beer. And like throws a 60-yard bomb to Alec Pierce to get within. And then they score a touchdown like two plays later. And they, they win in overtime. Colts win. But fucking Garnet. 
honestly, Steichen, first-year head coach for the Colts. No one, they lost their starting quarterback, and these motherfuckers are in the playoff contention. He might, he might honestly win Coach of the Year. I mean, he definitely is in the running for that. That's what the ball. I mean, the ball didn't lose his starting um, quarterback last year, but he took the Giants that no one thought anything would do anything to the playoffs. And if Steichen does the same with the Colts, with Garnu Minshew as the starting quarterback for majority of the year, I mean, that's he got my vote. Yeah, I think the Colts team are. Um... This coach team is definitely surprising a lot of people. They definitely surprised the hell out of me. This week, I had nothing but respect, love, and admiration for them for getting that winner over overtime, even though I picked the Titans as a dog. Both did. So it was it – was, I expected – I didn't see that coming. But they fought, and they fought all the way back. And when they got that ball in OT, they showed that they're well-meshed. They must. They must have. They must have known nobody was going to guard Michael Pittman because he that long bomb over the top to get him in there got him right. There's so much that went that way. So like, I trust you can trust this coach teams a lot of the time. Yeah, and Minshew, three hundred and twelve yards, two touchdowns, and I think he ran one in himself too. So like, fucking doing it, doing the damn thing. And he, I, I be forgetting, bro. He's he's built like Tom Cruise. Like he's five ten with a bomber jacket on. Like, mm-hmm. and then my dog of the week who came through for me, Cardinals over Steelers. Picked them as a six point dog. If you if you were listening, you would have cashed in with me. Twenty four to ten. A few rain delays made this game ugly. But the biggest thing was uh, Kenny Pickett leaving the game uh, about halfway through. Mitch Trubisky came in. The offense kind of died as soon as he came in as well. And the Cardinals, James Conner running for 105 yards against his former team, the Steelers. I can't believe I forgot to bring that up when I picked the Cardinals. James Conner revenge game was definitely in full effect. Tore their ass up on the ground. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, Cardinals, I mean, like I said, Kyle was playing for his fucking job. If, if the Cardinals get a top pick, He's not going to be the starting quarterback for the Cardinals next year, and he don't want that. That has facts. I'm kind of pissed we got to see the Steelers on Thursday night, especially if they don't have Kenny Pickett. Let's see. Next game, Kev, your boy getting the dub. I listened to you. I took the pick. C.J. Stroud leading the Texans to, to a win, 22-17. to 17 Over your Broncos, since you're the only one that's still claiming the Broncos right now. But how did you feel about C.J. Stroud and the Texans getting the nice home win over the Broncos, Kev? Oh, man. Um, it was what it was. Um. The fact that this game was so crazy close was insane. Um, the fact that it went down to the last wire and the rest does an interception to was it Derek Stingley Jr. I think he got his yeah. second interception. Second on the day, called game with it. I think that shit was pretty gangster. But um, the stuff that I just my biggest takeaways is one, the Texans know how to fucking squabble. Don't fuck. Don't play with them. And two. Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton and the rest is slowly just becoming one of the better duos in the league. Like, 
maybe they won't have like crazy stats when it comes to receptions wise. But the plays that this these receivers make for us be is so insane though, sometimes. Yeah, the one over the top where like he just basically cooked the defenders for like the, an easy fifty yard touchdown was nasty. And Russ still got one of the prettiest deep throws in the league. But the I the big thing to me was Russ. Russ threw three interceptions. Everything everyone was talking about how Russ only threw like four interceptions all this year. Da 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 da. That's why the Broncos are winning. It was a close game. But I, I think if Russ – I know the last one came in the last play of the game. But still, that's still two interceptions before that one. Like, you can't – you're not going to win a game by throwing multiple turnovers. And Nico Collins, I know you shouted out uh, Cortland Sutton, Kev, but Nico Collins had himself a day, 191 yards. Wow. Fucking uh, – for the uh, Texans, for whatever reason, Sertain got was, – was getting cooked out there. Then our next game, Kev, let's see. Oh, we already talked to Falcons, Jets. Uh, oh, the this game was actually pretty close. Saints losing to the Lions 33-28. to It was it was an ass-whooping. It was 21-0 at first. You were texting me about how the Lions are just absolutely destroying the Saints. And then somehow or another, the Saints bring it within, within a score. And then Derek Carr gets hurt. Jameis Winston comes in, leads a, for a touchdown, and then all of a sudden he throws the game sealing interception. Or is it? Uh, yeah, he threw the game sealing interception, game over. But I mean, and Derek Carr looked like he's gonna be hurt for a couple games. So we got the Jameis Winston tour for the next few games for the Saints. How did you feel about the Lions Saints? Oh man, um, how did I feel about the Lions? I mean, definitely bounce back week. Yeah, I think they got actually cooked the week before. Definite. Um, I think the best point I heard was that the Lions, weeks like these, they're using a lot of complete football. They're playing together as a team, and they're not just getting stuck on the run or the pass or this or that. They're kind of putting things together and making things like complement each other. So I think that's something they're doing really well as a team. And when you they move like that, that's when you see Jared Goff not throwing any interceptions. So I think they continue to maneuver like this. This is the, this is that's their pace. Yeah, I mean four touchdowns, one to Montgomery, one to Amon St. Brown, one to Laporta, one to Jameson Williams. That's getting everybody involved. And uh, Laporta, I didn't I, like. I know he's having a crazy year for a tight end as a rookie, but he's on. He he could potentially break the rookie tight end receiving yard record, and he went for 140 yards, nine catches, and a touchdown this week. So if he keeps that up, he might be able to break the all-time record for a rookie at tight end. Then that, your two, yeah, your two favorite teams are next, Kev. The Buccaneers beating the Panthers 21-18. Very ugly game, but Mike Evans goes for 162 yards. He goes over 1,000 yards for the 10th season in a row. He's never had a season under 1,000 yards. 
only wide receiver to ever do that 10 years in a row. I got to give him props. And he's also carrying one of my fantasy teams week in and week out. He's he's calling a touchdown, I think, five out of his last six weeks, this week included. And uh, on the other side, Bryce Young still, I don't know. I don't know who to blame at this point. I don't know if it, if the play calling, the, the offensive line, the receiver's not being good, or Bryce Young's is not that guy. I, the Panthers just look terrible out there. And I feel for Marcus, bro. They're, they're sitting at 1-11 right now. They have one win all year. How did you feel about the Bucks versus the Panthers with the squeak win? Oh, man. Um, I mean, being being a part of this division, the NFC South, is always cool watching these two teams play against each other. Other teams play against each other, but, like, especially since I have no stake in it, so win or lose regardless. I'm going to feel good at the end of the day. So this team, so let's watching um watching this team play and just showed me two things. One, the Panthers have so much wrong with them. There's nothing you can get figured out with just one draft pick or like a one coach or I don't know. I think the Panthers have a lot to fight going on and they're not, they're turning into a rebuilding project, not something that can really be put together in one year or so. And two, this man Mike Evans really has scored a thousand yards every season. I respect every him. season. I respect. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not a fan of Mike Evans like that for a for him, but I respect it. That's pretty fire. And the quarterbacks that he's had on have been insanely terrible. So to see that consistently, I respect it. But don't be trying to flex that if you're a Bucks fan, because I will flame you. Obama was in office. When that man is getting a thousand yards, that's crazy. Someone tweeted that, and I was like, "Damn, bro, that's kind of crazy to think about." Then, uh, yeah, I mean, Bucks might make a push for the division, but I, I, the Falcons ain't going for that. Then let's see. Four, I think that was a four o'clock game. The big four o'clock game, the game of the week. Everyone tuned in for Eagles Forty Niners. Kev. You said it earlier. It was an ass whooping. I said it earlier. It was an ass whooping. But did you? How did you feel watching this uh, Brock Purdy squad take on the forty? Uh, take on the Eagles squad rematch of the NFC Championship. Bruh. <laughs> Red. I remember us picking this game, thinking like, oh, y'all, 49ers, they finna, they finna come through with the vengeance. They finna come talking shit. They finna. I didn't know we were going to call this shit to be insanely bad like this. This shit was crazy. What was the score? 42-19? 42-19. That's not a ball game. Bruh, this 49ers team was on a mission. Me personally, I think they're doing too much. I think they're doing a lot. They've given Eagles a lot of bullets and board material, knowing that you guys are probably going to have to run through each other again before the end of the season. I think that's kind of wild, but it is what it is. They fucked the Eagles up, and they're, they want, they're here to show it. And this is a bit, that was a big game because uh, without the Eagles losing that game, the next week, Eagles played Cowboys. And if the Cowboys beat the Eagles in that game, the Cowboys are going to be number one in the division. So mm. now the Eagles go from number one in the fucking conference to potentially the fifth seed in the playoffs. Mm. 
So yeah, a lot of Cowboys fans were Niners fans this this last Sunday. But I've Brock Purdy. I mean, Debo Samuel was the big one. He's had three total touchdowns, two over the air, and then he ran one in for like uh, I think it was like a twenty yarder run or some shit. But Debo had himself a day. Christian McCaffrey had himself a day. Kittle had himself a day. It was like Brock Purdy. I think is now the favorite to win MVP. And his numbers are pretty like I didn't I haven't been peeping his numbers throughout the season, but he got he got some numbers on him. Like don't get it twisted. Brock Purdy's has has some nice stats. And you can say he's a system quarterback, but fuck, they just beat the shit out of the NFC conference winner last year. And people are saying it's Super Bowl favorite also. So I mean 49ers are right back in that mix with Super Bowl. Me and you, I don't think I ever took him off that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean yeah, I don't know what the 49ers had in their fucking coffee this week, but there is that team is on some sits. Yeah, and we'll see it. These two playoff teams, we'll see them. We get, we'll see them maybe down the road. So, I they usually set. They usually the last few years, I feel like had lined up like that. A team that plays in the playoffs on the NFC side, they played earlier in the year. Hell yeah! And then our last four o'clock game, it was close until it wasn't. Rams thirty six. 19 Browns. It was 1920 midway through the fourth quarter. Then Joe Flacco throws the interception. And then the Rams go up 27-19. And then the Rams just kind of stomped on the uh stomped on them after that and ran it up 36-19. I mean Joe Flacco wasn't looking bad out there for a little bit until that, that interception late in the fourth quarter. The, he did enough to keep it close, but like I said, it was close until it wasn't. Then the Rams took off on the ass. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the best way to explain it. The Rams kind of just left them in the dust. It was a very close game until the Rams said, "Yeah, I'm out of here." Puka Nakua doing his fucking thing, doing the damn thing. I want us to get like 150 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he's snapped. Yeah, bro went fucking crazy. So, um, and then Kyron Williams also was eating. So. This Rams team is low-key, low-key. Nobody's talking about it, but this Rams team is low-key trying to sneak their way into the playoffs. They're 6-6 and right now. They're 500. They're flowing on the water. Last couple weeks, it's time to make the push. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what they can do. But this was a good showing from them. They say Sean McVay owns – Oh, uh, this is the Browns coach, Zach Taylor. Oh, no, I'm tripping. Never mind. Yeah, no, but also Puka Nakua, he did have himself a day, but I think he got hurt at the end of the game. So he might miss – I think he might be missing a, a lot of the rest – either the rest of the year or a, a chunk of it. Mm. We'll see. I didn't check the injury reports. And then our next game, Sunday night football, Packers beating the Chiefs 27-19. One of my locks was Chiefs. Chiefs were in a lot of my parlays. The Chiefs losing cooked, cooked me. But fucking I, the Jordan Love tour, the Jordan Love era, as people are calling it. Fucking could the past few weeks, I have to give give uh, a round of applause to Jordan Love. Like completely changed my tune on what he was. We gave him some props last week after what they did on Thanksgiving when they beat the Lions, and now we're talking about the Chiefs, and we weren't talking about the Chiefs' offense coming into this game. We we're talking about the Chiefs' defense being such a big difference maker, and Jordan Love was. Dicing that shit up, bro. Like, of course, there was that that 
that defensive pass interference that wasn't called, not the Hail Mary, but a couple plays prior to MVS. And the, the safety literally, like, tackled him before the ball got there. A clear call. Would have put him on the six-yard line, 30 seconds left. Different ball game right there to tie to go for a tie. But instead, we get a Jordan Love win, and the Packers are sitting at 6-6, six and six, another team at 500. How did you feel about the Packers getting a win at home in Lambeau? I wanted to say I felt stupid. I was like, how did I not expect this could happen? But – it was because I did nobody expected this to happen. I think the Packers, their young core to figure something out right now. And they're not they're not really backing down to nobody. Jordan Love said this was a revenge game for him after his first start against was against the Chiefs back in um when Aaron Rodgers had to get in. Oh United. yeah. It was an ugly game. Hell yeah. So he definitely came back and um redeemed himself or whatever skeletons he was dealing with. He got those figured out. So this Packers team definitely came out and looked really fucking great. I wasn't – and this Chiefs team, you can't throw interceptions late in the fourth. Like, if you're Man. expecting those games, like – That interception right there, I know it was a hell of a play by the corner, but still, like, four – it was like five minutes left of the game. You're only down by five. I was like, okay, this is the Mahomes time. You're going to take four minutes off the clock and score the game-clinching touchdown. Uh, yeah, I also thought that's what was going to happen. Then he throws that interception, and I was like, fuck. I actually thought the game was going to be over there. I, and then they ended up getting the field goal, and I was like, okay. This is when the Mahomes magic happens. Back against the wall. This is the Kelsey show. Taylor Swift is in attendance. Man. Man. That... Yeah, they left the motherfucking guessing. <laughs> Hell of a game, though, for Sunday night. I def- it definitely had me on my seat at the end of it. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that boy Jordan Love is showing that he's a dog. He's a dog. Yeah, real NFL quarterback. I gave him that. I'm like, he looks like an NFL guy. I don't know what his what the, the sky is, the limit right now. I don't know how high he'll go, but I know he at least is an NFL caliber guy. I respect you to the fullest. And then Monday night football – we were kind of clowning it prior. It turned out to be a heater. 31-34 overtime win by the 10-point underdog Bengals. Backup quarterback Jake Browning has himself a fucking day to upset the Jags at, in, in Jacksonville. Even Trevor Lawrence gets hurt in the fourth quarter. He leaves the game. C.J. Brethard comes out to finish the game. Definitely not a good sign for the uh, Jags fans. It is a high ankle sprain, so Trevor Lawrence might miss a week, but he's he's fine in, fine in the long run. But how did you feel about the Bengals going in Jacksonville and getting the upset win, Kev? Man, this Bengals team was on a mission this fucking Monday, Paul. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know. You said it last week that, like, they still have all the weapons. They can figure make things happen. They put that together this week. They Everybody did their part from Joe Mixon to Jamar Chase to T. Higgins. Everybody possible did their part when it came to scoring. Their defense showed up. Trevor Hubbard, all them boys were showing up um, getting sacks and shit. They definitely came through. And I think this was a team effort from their entire team. And Jake Browning looked good. He started off the game like 12 for 13 for like 125 yards, like, they did their thing. 
this game. And I was so shook watching this. And I want to make Trevor Lawrence getting hurt in the fourth quarter such a big deal. Like, this is the reason why they lost. Like, nah, they're kind of losing. They kind of the, – the the Bengals just had something for their ass every, every time they did something. It reminded me of a game of – when you when you playing pickup basketball down at the park, and it's best of sixteen, and it's and it's like win by two, and the motherfucker you you hit a shot, then the next team they come down and hit. They weren't hitting. No one was hitting shit all game, but the, uh-huh. the game's on the line. There's you can't miss. Both teams are and now and now that the final score of the game is like twenty six twenty eight, because both instead of it going to sixteen, and that's how like fourth quarter. Well, not just fourth quarter, but like the whole second half, it was just every time one team scored, the other team scored. I I remember I, I wasn't really paying too much attention. It was fourteen seven. Jags were winning. Me and my dad are on the phone, and he's like, "Oh shit, they just scored a touchdown." And then uh, I was like, "Oh, uh, no!" He was like, "It's fourteen 14 He was like, "Bengals just scored a touchdown." I was like, "I thought it was just tied." And he's like, "No, Jamar Chase just caught a seventy five yard touchdown." And I was like. Nah, now I know you're joking with me. You, you're just saying that because I'm not paying attention. And he's like, no, nah, I'm being dead serious. He just scored a 75-yard touchdown. I was like, what mm. the fuck? <laughs> like, it, and all of a sudden I go and I, I start getting caught up with it. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this, is, this isn't this is just the game staying close early, early, and then the better team pulls away. It was like the Bengals, you said 12 for 13, which he was. 12 for 13, 100 and something he ends the game 32 of 37, 350 yards. He even ran a touchdown in his damn self. Like, they're saying in his past two games, Jake Brown is completing like 85% of his passes. So, like, that that's just insane for a backup to come in and just be able to do what he's doing right now. Hell yeah. But he does have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. He got the weapons. Yeah, he got something to play with now, but yeah, no, but then the, the Jags, they went they're potentially gonna be a number one seed in the AFC, all like all the number one team. With this loss, they're kinda hurt their odds. Still open though, because they're just a game behind the Dolphins and the Ravens. Oh yeah. I mean they did their thing. And the only thing that kills me was that the play in overtime on third down when the backup quarterback rolls out, sees Calvin Ridley, hits him, and they would have got the ball. And, like, they would have got the ball down to, like, this eight-yard line. But they called that bitch back because of holding. And I've never seen, like, just the deflation come out of a team. Like, it seemed watching the team get so deflated. It was hurtful. Yeah, it went from a 43-yard gain to a third and 17. Tragic. Fucking, yeah, that one really hurt him. And I will say that Christian Kirk, he got hurt early in the game. That was kind of a big thing, too, because it was just Calvin Ridley. They didn't really have – I mean, Zay Jones is still a good wide receiver, but Christian Kirk has been, like, open all damn season, it feels like. so. And his his serious. He broke something or tore something. He's gonna be out for the rest of the season. And his pretend if he could come back, it would be in the Super Bowl if the Jaguars can make it. Mm. So that's a big piece moving forward for the Jaguars. I mean, Calvin Ridley's still a great wide receiver one, but Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley was like having two wide receiver ones. Yeah, 
And they and they and they um they built they work up really well off of each other. And they were just getting that mesh too of working really good with each other. Mm-hmm. Like one person has a good game, the other one doesn't. It was like these past few weeks, both of them were having good games. Hell yeah. But that was it for Monday night football. And as always, we'll stay stay tuned for the Thursday night pick. Stay tuned for the UFC. We got the fight nights coming up, the recaps, and the boxing. We got Haney Progross, Haney's first fight at 140 going up against the champion. Stay tuned. This week's actually going to be packed with a lot of shit. As always, I'm Paul Pickham, Winnem Concha, joined with Kevin, Waterboy Savoy. This has been NFL Recap Week 13. And if y'all didn't know, now y'all know, motherfuckers. <laughs>